prayer room this morning, we had a real sense that um, that a lot of us were about to step onto a bridge that God wanted to take us from where we are to another level and that he wants us to step over and step on in faith. And I believe that is exactly what God's been saying to us. And we give thanks for all the wonderful stories that we've heard of how God has been uh, doing great things. Uh, you know, he does miracles and we often don't even hear about those miracles. So uh, really just thank God for all of you and uh, great to share. And now I have not been too long, but I really felt it was important that we finished off with a word, a word of encouragement. Our title this morning is Have a Spirit-Filled Christmas. And uh, it's, it's, well, it's just God, isn't it? Because our, our text this morning is actually a verse that's been referred to an awful lot already. It's from Luke chapter 1, verses, starting at verse 37. Let me just read it to you. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfilment. We'll just stop there for a moment. I think it's just so great that we can, we can just declare this over our lives, that with God, nothing is ever impossible. I love what it says in Jeremiah 32, verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Listen, ladies, here's what it says. Is there anything too hard for me? And of course, we know the answer is no. And you see, the best bit is that not only is he a God that can do anything, not only is he a God that nothing is too hard for him to do, but he's a God who loves us. He loves you. He loves you individually. And again, going back to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31 and verse 3 says, The Lord appeared from of old to me, saying, Yes. God always has a yes over your life. He's not a negative God. He's yes and amen. And the word that the Lord has for you this morning is, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. Listen to this, ladies. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built. God wants to build you up this morning. He wants you to know that he loves you, and that he wants to build you up. He wants you to know that he is a faithful God. You know, a few weeks ago, I was going through a couple of wee things that were kind of, you know the way this stuff goes on, little bit anxiety levels can rise, and whatever in the back of your head. And I read one morning, from Psalm, 20, Psalm 37, and it said, feed on my faithfulness. And I just felt God was saying to me, stop feeding on your fear. Don't feed on fear, feed on my faithfulness. And that was like a real rhema word, a living word to me that morning that just changed the way I was feeling and was just so, so important. And God wants you to feed on his faithfulness. Don't allow the enemy to bring you into, into feelings of, of, uh, of fear and, and of, of turmoil. We're reminded this morning that, that when God wants to do something in your life, the enemy wants to bring turmoil in. He wants to try and unsettle you and he wants to rob you of your trust in him. 
I love what Jeremiah, or Deuteronomy um, 7 says, But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. The enemy wants to keep you in slavery, a slave to fear. But God has redeemed you, he's paid the price to take you out of that fear and to bring you into a totally different place. And so he doesn't only, he's not only a God who can do anything, but he's a God who loves you and he's a God who will not leave you and he will not forsake you. And I love the fact that it tells us that in, in Hebrews and I've given you the reference there, Hebrews 13. I love that in the New Testament, but you know, we said the same thing in the Old Testament as well. And Mary, of course, who we're going to talk about this morning, she would have known these scriptures from the Old Testament. And in Hebrews, um, in, sorry, in Deuteronomy, sorry, 31 verse 6, it says, Be strong, courageous, and firm. Fear not, nor be in terror before them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And you need to realise that's a true word from the Lord. Let me read it to you in the New Living Translation. It says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic. Do not panic before them, before the enemy, before whatever's in front of you. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. That's a word. That's a word for a lot of people this morning. I believe God wants you to take that word this morning and he wants you to, to allow it to just saturate your being. And so the angel spoke this verse to Mary. For with God nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfilment. Mary received this word from the angel. And we need to know the reality of this. Mary would have known these scriptures from the Old Testament. She would have known these verses from Jeremiah and these verses from Deuteronomy. You know so many verses, but you know, it's possible that Mary knew a lot in her head, but she was now going to experience something in reality. And that's what I'm praying, that stuff will move from your head down into reality, that you begin to really appreciate the power of God, but even more than that, the love of God and the love that he has for you. And you know, here was this simple girl, this this wee girl who was a teenager. And you've got to remember that for 400 years, God had not spoken. From the end of the Old Testament, there was a period of darkness where God did not give any more prophetic words into the darkness. And here, a simple teenage girl, he breaks in, out of the darkness, he breaks into her life with words. And I don't know what kind of stuff you've been going through Ellen's been going through some dark times. Probably most of us have had some dark times over this last year. God wants to break into that darkness. Just the way he broke into Mary's life. After 400 years of silence and of darkness, he breaks in. He breaks in to speak to this simple, this simple girl, this teenage girl, and he wants to do the same for you, I believe. I believe he wants to break into your life this Christmas and at the beginning of this new year for whatever this new year has. He wants to break into your life if you're going to step on this bridge and you're going to cross over into 2018 knowing that God is for you and God is with you. No word of God is without power 
I love Isaiah 55. Here's what it says, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. When God speaks a word to you, it's from him, out of his mouth to you. And he wants you to receive it in faith. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Listen, it shall, this is God speaking. It shall not return to me void. It will not return to me, the Amplified says, without producing uh, any effect. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I, the Lord, have sent it. And if God gives you a word, you've got to receive that word by faith. So that that word that he wants to, he wants to bring forth purpose out of what he speaks into your life. It's not just a word for no reason. God has a purpose in giving you a word from himself, from his own mouth. You see, you've got to remember at the very beginning, whenever, whenever God created the heavens and the earth, how did he do it? He did it through his word, through speaking the universe into existence. Let me read to you from Psalm 33, verse 9, because I believe God wants us to get this. Verse 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all their host by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Listen, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the thoughts and plans of the people of no effect. I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what people speak over your life. It doesn't matter what Satan has spoken over your life. God can make it of no effect whatsoever. God can annul what the enemy would speak over you. God, what's what God speaks over you is what counts. Verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart are through all generations. Listen to this, verse 12. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the nation or the person whose God is the Lord, the people that he has chosen as his heritage. Do you know the Lord as your Lord? Have you trusted him to be your saviour? I don't know who's in here. We assume that everybody in here has received Jesus into their heart, has, has, has trusted him to be their saviour and their Lord. But maybe somebody's in here and you've never taken that step. Wouldn't it be amazing this morning if you just received Jesus to be your saviour? Not just head knowledge, but personally accepting him, receiving his forgiveness, receiving his gift of eternal life. That's what it's all about. Mary was brought up as a Jew. She knew the scriptures. And here she is, a little girl, some people think possibly 15, 16 years of age. And she has an encounter with the angel who gives her a word from the Lord and reminds her that nothing is ever impossible. And here is Mary's response. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. I'll tell you, when God gives you a word, you have an opportunity to receive that word, to say, let it be, to believe it, to accept it. See, God's word is so powerful. It comes out of his mouth. Ephesians 6 tells us that the word of God is a sword of the spirit, is a word of God. The word of God is actually a sword in your hand. And God wants you and me to use the word, to speak it out as a sword. It's no wonder in Revelation, there's a couple of pictures. I've given you references there. 
Revelation 1 and 16 and Revelation 19 and 15, where we see Christ coming and the sword is coming out of his mouth. And you and I, what we speak is a sword to cut through the plans of the enemy. And we need to speak out his word over our lives, over our circumstances. Speak what God says, not what the enemy says. Don't be repeating the lies of the enemy over your life. Use God's word and use it like a sword out of your mouth to cut through those things so that God will have his way. We have heard the testimonies this morning. We have heard how God has done that for individuals and overcome circumstances and answered prayers and defeated the enemy. Because believe you me, the enemy's out to kill you. He is. He wants to destroy your life. And if he could, he wants to even kill you because of his hatred for, for, for men and women and those especially who love the Lord. And so God wants us to know his word and to speak his word in order to defeat the enemy. You know, it shows us that picture of Christ in Revelation 19 and 15. There's a picture there of Christ with a sword out of his mouth. And you know how he is described? The Amplified says that he is the all-ruler, the almighty. It's the almighty who speaks over you. It's the almighty who speaks his word over your life. He is the omnipotent one, the one who knows all things. He is the one who not only knows but has all power. He's a wonderful, wonderful God. And Mary said, let it be according to your word. You know, we often read this at Christmas time and we think, oh, that was so lovely. What a beautiful experience for Mary. How wonderful. What fantastic. How thrilled she must have been. And I'm sure all of those things are true. But you know what? Mary could easily have gone right into the depth of fear. Because for a young woman in that culture at that time in history, for her to be told that she was going to become pregnant out of wedlock, that she was going to become pregnant before she had a husband, I'll tell you that wasn't just a scary thing, that was a dangerous thing. She could have been gripped by fear of what might happen to her when people found out that she was pregnant and she had no husband. Mary could have panicked and said no, but Mary trusted and said yes. And that's what made the difference. And Mary received God's word and she surrendered her life to God. I wanted to talk to you mainly this morning about surrender. Because I really feel that this is a very important thing for us this morning. That we grasp that if we really want to know the joy of the Holy Spirit, if we want to know what it is to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we need to know something about surrendering. Because we will not experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit unless we surrender to God. And Mary surrendered that morning. She said, let it be according to what you have said. And this is where we're at this morning. Because, you know, I've been so aware that there's all kinds of areas in our lives that we possibly have not yet surrendered to God. We say, I surrender all, but sometimes there's little pockets here and there where we're still holding on to stuff and we're not, really not trusting God fully. And I just, I looked up a couple of quotes this morning and I, I really want just to share a few of these very, very quickly. Um, and, and here's what the first one is. I'm just going to fire through them. The awakening process, listen, the awakening process all boils down to this, surrender. Let go of the need to understand. The need to know how exactly to do it and what to say, how to be and how to so on and so on and so on. Let go of it. Let go of the need to understand. This morning, 
in the prayer room, we were talking about how God, um, I think it was Imelda said that, that Psalm 50 is God's telephone number, and we agreed that was one of his phones. But I felt there was another, another phone, and the other phone, his number for the other phone was uh, 333. So it's 50 would do for one of his phones, but if you want the mobile, go on 333. Okay? 333, Jeremiah, 3, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. What does it say? It says, Call unto me, and I will answer and show you mighty things that you don't know. Now you've got to, having faith in God and having faith, surrender is actually having faith. If you're going to surrender properly, you've got to trust God even when you don't know things. And you've got to trust that God will actually answer you and show you those things at the right time when you need to know. Because believe you me, God works on a need to know basis. We think we should know everything, but God knows how to develop our faith and God knows exactly what he is doing. So we can't always figure everything out, but we trust him. We can call him up on the line and we can have a talk with him anytime on mobile phone and we can ask him to show us what we need to know and he will do that. One of these quotes says, you might as well save yourself years of suffering by surrendering to the truth right now and let it take over your life. Why mess about girls? Why run round and round in circles? Stop it. Stop running round the Christmas tree. Trust the Lord. Give it all to him. It all, listen, this is very important because this is true. It all falls into place at the moment of surrender. That's when freedom and peace comes and takes over your whole being. It's at the moment of surrender. And I'll tell you, surrender is not a once and for all thing. It's a continual thing. Because I tell you, I've done it different times along my life. And even this morning, before I came out this morning, I had another moment of saying, Lord, I surrender. I'm surrendering it all. And I thought of a few different areas that I, st- that I still needed to surrender. And we all have them. It's a constant, ongoing thing. But everything falls into place at the moment of surrender. Listen, that is when freedom and peace comes and takes over your whole being. When you surrender. If you're in a tricky, tight spot at the moment, surrender. Trust him. And I'll tell you, the peace will come. The enemy knows that without surrender, we will never experience the freedom that God offers us. Without surrender, we will remain spiritually, listen, malnourished. We We will continue to be spiritually ill and confused. Without surrender, our foxholes become prisons of the enemy's making. Our lack of full surrender limits God's ability to both work in our lives and through our lives. We've got to, we've got to surrender. Surrender means complete trust. Handing it all over, not holding on to anything more. God's call to surrender is not an intimidating, angry bark heard from the other side of a battlefield. God's invitation to surrender is expressed through the example of his son, Jesus, when it said that he left heaven in Philippines 2 and came to earth, he surrendered everything for us. He gave himself for us. Listen to this. Rationale still remains the greatest impediment to encountering God's mysteries. Trying to work it out. Rationale. That's your biggest enemy when you try to work things out in your head to actually encountering God's mysteries. Listen to this. This is a good one. There's no surrender That's a good one for Northern Ireland. There's no surrender without full surrender. You can't partially surrender. There's only full surrender. In our abandonment, we give ourselves over to God just as God gave himself for us 
Listen, I'm going to repeat that. In our abandonment, we give ourselves over to God, just as God gave himself for us, without any calculations. The consequences of, of abandonment never enter into our outlook, outlook because our life is taken up in him. When you remember that you are a unique and very important person created by a divine being we call God and in his very image, then you relax, well knowing that your life is a divine plan and your job is to surrender and allow. Mary said, let it be according to your word. What happened after that? Look at verse 39 in Luke chapter 1. At that time, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town of Judah. I just wanted to pick out those two words. I want to apply them to us. Mary arose. You know what I believe? I believe when we fully surrender our lives to God, it's time to arise. That's the time that we will rise up. That's the time. That's where God wants to get us to, the place of surrender. And then we're ready to arise. Mary arose, and it says she went up with haste to the hill country. We know the story. We know the fact she was heading up to her cousin Elizabeth, don't we? We know that Elizabeth was already pregnant with John the, the Baptist. What happened whenever, they, whenever they, she got there? I really want to finish off with this. Mary surrendered. Get it in the order. She believed God's word. She surrendered to what God said. And then she rose up. Where? To go to the hill country. To go up to a higher place. To go to her cousin Elizabeth, who was carrying John the Baptist, who was a forerunner of the Christ. You've got to remember at this time that, that Mary was carrying Jesus Christ in her womb at that moment. When she knocked on the door and she shouted into Elizabeth, you all know this, what happened? John the Baptist, the little baby in Elizabeth's womb, leapt with joy in Elizabeth's womb. And, and Elizabeth was so full of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, that she began to worship God and began to prophesy and to sing. And, and I just, I can picture it in my head, I can picture Mary and Elizabeth having a party. They were so full of what Mary said, my spirit does rejoice in God, my Saviour. Let's not water this down. These two women had an absolute party with God. They were worshipping. They were taken to another place. They were full, it says, of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what God's offering to you and me. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. You have the Holy Spirit in you if you belong to Christ. If you have asked him to be your saviour, you have his Holy Spirit within you. But you know what? He wants you to surrender and to give him all of those areas in your life that you're still trying to hold on to and keep in control of. Am I right or am I right? Don't we try to hold on and keep control of those areas? And, and the Lord's saying to you this morning, would you for any sake let go of that and give it to me? You know, if, if anyone comes to stay in our house, Jane and I are always very particular saying, look, just make yourself at home. It's a lot easier, like, if people just go up and get what they want, isn't it? <laughs> and we'll say, you know, go to the fridge if you want, and just take whatever you want, or do whatever you want, just, you know, make it your home. But, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in our bodies. Are we really telling him to be at home? 
And we really said, if you can go into those dark corners, you can, you can open these cupboards. Fill me. I believe that's a challenge for us this morning. Mary totally surrendered. She said, let it be unto me according to your word. She completely embraced what God was offering her. And you know, she received God's promise. Even though she could have been afraid. Some of you are going through stuff and there could be fear. And I know that. But you know what? We have a choice to embrace God and to say, I'm going to trust you even though there's fear around this. I'm going to say, let it be unto me according to your word. What's your plan for my life? I'm saying yes. I'm stepping onto that bridge wherever you're going to take me. You'll be with me. You won't leave me or forsake me. You're going to go with me. You're going to bring me into this new season. And we're saying yes to God because God said yes to us. And God loves you and is a big yes over your life. Don't you ever forget it. He's not a negative God full of condemnation and trying to, to beat you down. He's a God who loves you and a God who wants to lift you up. He's a God who wants you to know how much he loves you and he wants you to know he will never, never, ever forsake you and he wants you to arise. As you go out of here this morning, I believe he wants you to go out with your shoulders back and your head up and know that you're rising up. You're not about to take a fall. You're rising up in him. You're moving from one level of glory to another level of glory. And he's saying, rise up, my beloved, and come away. He wants to take you to the hill country. Haven't time to read it, but there was a beautiful prophetic word this morning that I received and I've been passing it around, read it at the prayer room. And it's about going up into the, into the hills. This is where Mary went, into the hills. And the word was, you can have a different perspective from the hill. You can see things from God's point of view when you're up a bit higher. It's time, ladies, to arise and to go to the hill country. It's time to have a party with the friends and the people that you know that you can worship God together and pray together and agree together and see God's plans coming to pass. And you know what? As Mary, as Mary had the Christ in her womb, I'll tell you what, over the next months, Mary was going to, the baby was going to grow in her womb. And just as the baby Christ would grow in her womb, God wants you and me to allow Christ to have more and more. He wants Christ to grow in us. He wants us to become spiritually pregnant with Jesus Christ, that we would know him in our lives, that we would know what it is for, for us to, um, to grow. And, to, and to, I want to read this verse to you because I just think it's important. Galatians 4 and 19, where the Apostle Paul said that he, he, would, he prayed that Christ would be formed in us. I think I'll take a moment just and get this verse, even though I hadn't planned to read it, but I think it might be important for somebody this morning. So just bear with me till I just get it. Here we are. Galatians, um, Galatians 4 and 19, um, where it says, um, My little children, Paul says, for whom I am again suffering birth pangs, listen, until Christ is completely and permanently formed and molded within you. I believe God wants us to experience a personal development of receiving more and more, allowing Christ to grow within us. And what, what happens whenever we experience more and more of Christ? Well, the Holy Spirit has his way and we can be filled. You know, Ephesians 4 says that we're not to be drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but we are to be filled with the Spirit. And out of that comes all of this joy and happiness. And, and that's where true joy comes from. And I'm, I'm trying to wind up here, ladies. But um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not doing a great job on it, but uh, I think it's really important for me to read this as well. Ephesians 5, verse 17, um, where it says, um, "Therefore, um, therefore, do not be, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine." For that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? That the Holy Spirit can stimulate you. That the Holy Spirit is one who wants to fill you. Speaking out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. At all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Listen, when we the, the, the text in that is be ever be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. The text is be continually filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. That's the life that God is offering us. To be constantly ongoing, filled every day with the Holy Spirit. That means surrender. That means saying, Lord, I'm letting go of all my preconceived ideas. I'm willing to say, let it be according to your word. I'm surrendering to you. And this morning as we get ready to wind up, I think it's really important that we just take a moment. We're going to sing in a moment. We're going to sing, I surrender all. And I would really ask you, that we'll take a moment just to be still before we play the song. But I would love you to take a moment at the end of 2017, and ask yourself, are you ready to tell the Lord, maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, I don't know, but are you ready just to say those words again? Lord, I want to surrender all. I said it this morning before I came out. Because you know what? Why would I be so foolish to try and organize stuff myself? Why would I be so foolish that I would be in control? Huh? How can I be in control? when I can have God to be in control. Why would I ever be so foolish? You know, William can't really make very many decisions for himself. He knows what he likes in certain areas, but he doesn't have the vocabulary, he can't express himself. But you know what? William totally and implicitly trusts with Jane and I. He totally and implicitly trusts us. There's no question about it. We say we're going somewhere he comes. He might be a bit of a stunt off sometimes, but he goes. Isn't that right, Jane? Trust. Trust. And you know what? That's what God's asking you to do. Do you trust him? Do you trust him with that problem? Do you trust him for the future? Do you trust him with that thing that's causing you fear? Are you going to be like Mary and say, let it be unto me, according to your word? And then, after you've trusted him, after you've surrendered, are you going to rise up? And are you going to do those things that God's calling you to? Are you ready to step onto that bridge? Are you ready to step over into 2018 and all that God has for you? That's a challenge for us. I'm just going to pray now. I'm going to get a moment's silence before Jane plays the last piece of music, and we're going to stand together. And if you really mean it, sing it out that you surrender all, because this is your opportunity. Father, thank you that you love us so much that you want us to surrender everything to you, all of those fears, all of that stuff, and even the good things, Lord, even the things that, that, that we would hold on to. Lord, we just give them over to you. You can do better than we can. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we just take a moment, Lord, to give the ladies just a moment just to quietly before you to just tell you that themselves as they look up into your face. 
that they might just say those words this morning to you, Lord, that they surrender. I want to read this to you as we finish. This Christmas, like Mary, why not believe God's word to you? Don't believe the lies of the enemy. And why not surrender your life totally to God and then rise up, not only to walk in the spirit, but to be spirit-filled. God intends this to be an ongoing experience, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. God is able to fill you with his spirit so you will know his love joy and peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy and peace. Now I felt very strongly to end with these words uh, today. As I wrote this out I felt it was a really important point. The Prince of Peace wants you to know that he can fill you with his love and his joy and his peace even in the midst of difficult circumstances and we've heard that testified earlier today, this morning. But it's very interesting because when I come into the prayer room this morning uh, Laurie told me that she felt that God had given her that word peace and I said Laurie that's amazing because I felt very important that I would end with this and of course I forgot to end with it I forgot to mention it and up comes Susan and Susan says God's given me just one word and the word is peace and so I think there's something very important in this a threefold power is not easily broken I believe that God wants us not only to trust his word and to, sur- to surrender to him but to be spirit-filled, and if we're spirit-filled, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, and peace. And so I feel it's really important, Susan's gonna say something right now, but I think it's really important that we know in our understanding that the God of peace wants to go with us, and he wants you to experience his peace in a supernatural way this Christmas.